Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. I'm joined by Paul Strom and Nicole Dines. Paul, let's start with you. What have you been tracking over the last seven days? Uh, well, it's it's sheds and beds this week in, in an unusual collaboration from companies that would normally be considered competitors. P3 Logistic Parks has acquired the Campus 39 business park in Rocklav, uh, southwest Poland from Anatoni. It's also interesting is that the deal is, is P3's fifth in uh, southern Poland in the last 12 months. There's no Ukraine-based reticence here, it seems. The property will be renamed P3 Rocklav 2. consists of four warehousing and light industrial buildings. Total area, 185,000 square metres. Panatoni Europe CEO Robert Dabritsky said the deal demonstrates the sustained, strong institutional investor appetite for industrial and logistics real estate. And he said that in Poland, uh, new development supply continues to lag in meeting the need for space from uh, industrial and e-commerce companies and and also the nearshoring trend. P3, which uh, does do plenty of its own development, has also done a deal with a developer in Holland and has just announced the acquisition of a development asset in Amstelveen in a forward funding deal with logistics developer Ringmere, which uh, will start development soon. It's in an area known for its greenhouse and horticultural sector and also its proximity to uh, Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport. Uh, On the living side, uh, I was also struck by a couple of announcements in the UK, which, as we know, has historically been very London-focused. However, there's a a lot going on outside the uh, English capital. And in the the last week, developer Glenbrook announced that it's to develop a a £140 million built-to-rent apartment scheme on a brownfield site in uh, in Leeds. The company's obtained uh, consent for 618 units uh, at Kirkstall Road, which is on the the banks of the River Air. The development comprises five buildings and will include uh, amenity space and residence lounge, co-working hub and gym, uh, as well as some commercial space. Um, uh, Over half of the uh, five-acre development will be dedicated to public open space, uh, which uh, uh, opens up the waterfront and, and uh, the developer says promotes engagement across the community. Also, Macquarie's UK built to rent platform, Goodstone Living, announced that it's agreed a £67 million debt financing with NatWest for the development of a built to rent uh, residential community in um, in Scottish capital, Edinburgh. Uh, it's a waterfront scheme known as Dockside that will provide 338 homes as well as uh, amenities including dining facilities, co-working and a fitness centre. The project was actually acquired last year but has been reworked to be fully electric with an air source heat pump for each apartment uh, which uh, they say will reduce operational carbon emissions by up to 55% and presumably it will help residents bills as well. Continental Europe and Northern Europe always seem a bit further ahead with build to rent and, and residential generally so I was interested when uh, Nordic-focused property company NREP's um, uh, residential rental platform July Living, which is active in Finland and Denmark, uh, told us that it's introducing the Spaceflow PropTech app. One of July Living's main selling points is that it offers um, on homes via an online marketplace and offers a uh, high degree of digital access to services. The app's described as a digital customer experience platform and it's smartphone based and enables would be tenants to rent an apartment and then once in residence access services digitally. It follows a, a pilot project in Denmark in 2021 and the collaboration will continue with the, the launch of uh, a white label version of Spaceflow app at the UN 17 village in Orstadt, um, Copenhagen. 
The app gives access to uh, smart building features such as remotely open doors and smart heating system controls, and it provides real-time energy consumption information and, and enables tenants to report issues for the landlord. Uh, one benefit is the data that it provides, such as uh, the use of shared facilities and, and tenant preferences, which they sell provide an accurate guide to the best targets for future investment. That focus around living, I think, is a, is a big topic at the moment, both in the news. We'll also be covering that at MIPIM in the investment track as part of the official programme there. Um, so that's going to be a, an interesting topic to pick up. And as well, of course, involved in that are areas like senior living. Um, and of course, we've also got the networking event there. And for anybody who was interested in attending those, although the senior housing and healthcare networking briefing was sold out, we've actually managed to increase the number of spaces for that um, so do please pick up those if you're interested in that and down in Cannes. Interesting as well around the logistics um, and sustainability side. Um, I had an interview which will be published uh, this week um, with Wilm Schwarzpool of um, Eco Parks. Very interesting business there, specifically focused on developing much more sustainable, energy resilient logistics. So really interesting to see that. Nicole, what have you been focusing on? I saw that Berlin Hip has issued its third mortgage bond and had offers within a few hours of over 1.25 billion euros. Well oversubscribed as a five-year bond has a volume of only 750 million. It's the first in nine years without the participation of the ECB, just purely, you know, investors out there. Uh, and uh, 70 six percent of investors were in germany the rest in asia switzerland and austria and 72 percent were banks um, followed by central banks and savings banks so real success for berlin hip considering you know the current uh, volatile interest rate environment changing completely again uh, proper the swiss uh, real estate investor has acquired two fully led prime office buildings in the heart of barcelona from the zurich insurance group and proper said the transaction shows their continued appetite um, and confidence they have towards the spanish office market because it's characterized they say by a lack of high quality space and the uh, demand keeps growing and looking beyond spain they also proper also said they're actually want to invest more in offices in other cities around Europe so they're actively looking so that's another sign we've talked about it many times of the office market really coming back after the pandemic now on another really fast-growing sector which is tech Savills uh, came up with this tech cities index 2023 and US and China no surprises there remain global leaders when it comes to tech cities but some European cities are really uh, pushing ahead there's cities you wouldn't expect necessarily smaller cities like Tallinn Helsinki and Bristol um, they're really up performing their overseas rivals. San Francisco, New York and Silicon Valley dominate the rankings, but there are new sort of tech subsectors, which is a really interesting uh, sector to watch. They're emerging. For example, climate tech, the Nordic cities are far ahead of places like New York or Silicon Valley and deep tech, interestingly, which includes artificial in intelligence. So we can expect it to be a fast growing sector. Bristol is number 12 in the world and it's bigger than Shanghai or Paris. So really interesting developments there. And obviously from a real estate point of view, uh, Jeremy Bates of Savile said there's a real undersupply of, of real estate for, for these sectors. And um, 
obviously cities like Bristol or Tallinn or, or Durham, which is another fast growing tech city, have a big advantage of having much lower costs, both for, for living, for employees, and obviously a, a much lower rental cost. So that's all the more you know, of an incentive for companies to, to set up there. So that would be interesting to watch how that develops. And finally, my favorite story of the week, uh, as I'm a child at heart, is that Hamleys, the you know, legendary toy store in Regent Street, which is the oldest toy store in the world. It was founded in 1760 uh, in Cornwall and moved to London a few years later. It is about to open its first continental European store in Rome. In this beautiful period shopping arcade in central Rome and they bet on Rome for their first continental European store because because Rome keeps attracting a lot of tourists as well as having obviously a strong local market when you go to Hamlet in London it's always full of Italians so I'm sure they'd be very happy to have their own store in Rome but also tourists I mean Rome has really bounced back from the pandemic last year 15 million tourists visited Rome so uh, they're obviously betting on, on the two markets. And from a retail point of view, interesting that this uh, arcade, which was built at the beginning of the 1900s and, and it's absolutely in you know, a beautiful marble floors and very ornate, is being uh, restored. The number of shops, uh, the original shops were 27, they're being reduced to 15 because the brands that are going there, apart from Hamleys, also Uniqlo and Calvin Klein and other brands have already said they want to open there. They, they want to have a bigger footprint. So that's an interesting development for retail. And the whole scheme should be finished in June, so the, the shops should open in the summer just in time for peak tourist season. Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting, I think, just just see how much, um, I, I guess, focus there's been on Italy and some of the, the news lines over the past, you know, certainly six to, to 12 months. Thanks very much, Nicole. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for watching and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the real asset markets. Thank you.